him work and see his kingdom move forward, see uh, the Holy Spirit bust in and do amazing things. I think as I've been reading a lot to be praying for people, uh, I've, been, I've been amazed at the number of opportunities, some of them online, some of them in person, but I bet, I bet maybe a hundred times over the last month I've had up now, and you're going to see he's going to take, he's person that says in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so that's what we've been following. It started out, the church and the gospel is permeating Jerusalem, and then it spreads beyond that, and then we've, we've, heard, we've seen the church in Samaria and beyond, and then we're, now we're in the ends of the earth kind of thing. And, and in that day and age, taking the gospel to Rome during the days of the Roman Empire, that was, that was where you took, took it, right? To, 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 there, is, there is a proclamation of the gospel. People are teaching about Jesus. In this, in this instance, Paul is arguing, and he's, he's talking about Jesus. He's pointing people back to Jesus. He's teaching on the kingdom of God. Now, I don't want to spend too much time there, but this is the primary message that Jesus came to bring to his followers, right? Was, he, he talked about the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of this world, not how, uh, not political, not how stuff typically happens here, but he's, it, how life works in relationship with the living God, how life works under his rule, under his dominion, under his authority, right? It, like this is the way life was meant to be lived. Jesus even teaches us to pray, right? He says pray uh, battle. In fact, the language that gets used in the book of Acts is absolutely clear, right? There's, there's demonic confrontation and power encounters back and forth. The kingdom steps forward and you'll see uh, the enemy bust in and start, start trying to undermine. I've declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, verse 22, and now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy that maybe you wouldn't consider uh, to be power players in the kingdom of God. He puts a light on them and says she, they, he had four young teenage and younger daughters who prophesied. And he, he always points out ways that, that, that God and the Holy Spirit choose to use sometimes the most unlikely of people to advance his kingdom. It's a way that, that Luke, because of their relationship with Paul and their love, to go to Jerusalem, compelled to go to Rome. I love it. He's fearless, right? I mean, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's crazy, but we talked about this a couple weeks ago. But Paul had already probably died at least once. If not, he was on the verge of death. They thought he was dead. They stoned him, thought he was dead. He was, uh, he's like, man, I've already died and come back to life. The church gathered around, they prayed what happened. He got up, he went back into town to, to finish preaching the gospel to the people there, the people that had just stoned him, right? I mean, like that kind of a thing. So, like, he's, he's like, what are you going to do to me, <laughs> right? He, he, he believed in, and this is what makes Paul fearless, right? He was absolutely convinced that Jesus was alive, right? He, he was absolutely convinced that Jesus held all power, that Jesus held all authority, that Jesus was his Savior, not, and not only just his Savior, but Jesus was Lord. He was the king. He was in charge of all. He was bringing his kingdom, his power, and he was absolutely convinced, not just that Jesus was alive, but also that, that his spirit lived in him, and that his, his spirit could do anything. I mean, remember, Paul had just raised someone back to life in the last chapter, right? You think he's scared of death? You think he's scared of going to jail, of being bound? He might, might have been a little afraid or, or whatever about the process of getting there, but he's like, man, bring it on. He's fearless. Absolutely convinced Jesus was alive. Absolutely convinced or, or convinced and knew that the Spirit of God lived inside of him and could do anything. 
It made him bold. It made him fearless. Reminds me of a story I've shared before, but uh, anytime I think about this kind of thing, it makes me think there's a story about Ruby Bridges was her name. She was a little six-year-old girl that lived in New Orleans during the time when, uh, when uh, what's the word? They desegregated schools, right? And so, and so what, what they basically said is they said, you know, any person of any color is free to go to any pu- you know, the public school that, the, that they're going to. We're not going to have white schools and black schools and everything else. They said, no, no more separate but equal. There's one. And so, especially in the South, that did not go over well, did it? I mean, it went over really. There's rioting. There's whatever. It seems very similar to the book of Acts, by the way. There's rioting. People are afraid and they're threatening and all this kind of stuff. And so what ended up happening is the white kids didn't go to school. In fact, most of the black kids didn't go to school either after this happened because there's so much hate. And the people were going on national TV and telling, uh, threatening and telling people that if they came and they sent their kids, they were going to kill them or hurt them or all this kind of stuff. And so nobody went except Ruby Bridges, a little six-year-old girl. She was surrounded by federal marshals every day as she walked through the crowd that was heckling and threatening, sometimes spitting at her, sometimes throwing stuff at her. And she would walk through. And the, the thing that's amazing is she walked through this day after day after day. She walked through and she was filled with grace, sometimes even love. There's a picture of her smiling. She would oftentimes turn at the top of the step, and not like insincerely, but in a sincere way, turn around, look at the crowd, and she would just sort of smile uh, lovingly and then go into school. And then after school, same thing, crowds and jeering and all this kind of stuff. And she, day after day, I mean, she was fearless. I mean, jaw-dropping. In fact, so much so that a Harvard uh, uh, psychologist ended up doing a study. His name was Robert Cole. He studied her. He went and interviewed her family. He went and interviewed her. He interviewed uh, the people around her, you know, kind of extended family and and friends and relatives and stuff, and tried to figure out what is it that makes a little six-year-old girl so brave and so bold and after i mean secular guy not a christ follower at all secular guy doing the research he goes through all of this he's got a whole book he wrote on the subject at the end of it he says you know what you know what i think it is he says i think it's jesus that's that's his conclusion he was like what would make a little girl this bold he goes i i i think we highly underestimate the the impact of faith in 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 christ on people's souls and he goes she this little girl had grown up believing in a, a, a conquering king named Jesus. She grew up believing, and, and her family believed, and even the community she was a part of, her church community, w- w- believed and put their faith in a resurrected Christ, and it made her bold. It made her fearless. That's his conclusion. I think it's Jesus, and you know what? Can I just say, I think he's right. Right? I think he's right. I think the, the closer we come to Jesus, the more convinced we become that he's actually alive. He's not just some dead guy that we come together and remember like the, in a memorial service or something about some dead guy, some great teacher, but he's dead now. From If we're doing that, we have no hope. But if we are coming together and remembering one who conquered death, who conquered sin, who conquered the enemy, and who is alive forevermore, who fills his followers with power from on high and empowers them to be his witnesses, that is alive and living and active, then what do we have to fear? Somebody ought to say amen. (laughs) Right? I mean, what do we have? If we really, the closer we come to Jesus, the more we come to know and experience his spirit in us, we become bold. 
we become fearless. Doesn't mean we won't feel fear from time to time, but we're able to step out of that trusting in his power, in his authority, in his plan, and we can follow him no matter what comes. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me uh, let me kind of keep going here and just say this. I, I think part of the problem, I think some of what gets us in trouble sometimes, and because because we're here and like, well, hey, we believe in Jesus, right? We believe he's alive and we believe whatever, and yet so often we don't see ourselves living those kinds of fearless lives. And I think part of the reason of that is, is we live in a culture and in a world, especially uh, the 20th, 21st centuries in America, in the West, we have become so stinking focused on this kingdom, on this the stuff we can see and, and feel. So we, we've become so focused on our own ease, on our own pleasure, on getting stuff that will make our lives better, on collecting things and stuff and position. And We've become so focused on this kingdom that we, we put very little focus and very little effort on the kingdom of God. We spend very little time truly saying, you know what, I want to live for you, Jesus. I want to come to know you, Jesus. I want to I see your work. And we spend very little time actually living in his kingdom, and most of our time focused just on the here and now. And as a result, I just think we become more and more and more fearful. I, I get myself in trouble. But you know what, I, I think coronavirus is, is case in point, right? And again, I am not saying we shouldn't take it seriously. I'm not saying we shouldn't be careful. I've been wearing my mask. I've been doing, doing the things as we should. And yet, I have to say, I have seen so much fear in this era. So much fear. Why? Because we're clean. This life is all we have. We have to hold on to it. We have to protect. We have to be careful. We have to control. We have to whatever. I just said, does that sound like what, you, what we just heard from Paul? Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm prepared to do anything for the sake of the kingdom. Does, I don't care. In fact, in fact let, me, let me just... Uh, Jump ahead. Oh, I'm going to skip over all kinds of good stuff, but I'll come back. Philippians, uh, Paul's writing from, he's, uh, okay, I, I can't go there quite yet. Okay, I'll go back. So anyway, like, Paul is fearless. I'm sorry. Yeah, Paul, Paul is fearless. He's living for another day. He's living for another kingdom. He's, he's seen the Holy Spirit do remarkable kinds of things. He's all in. He's all in. Can I just hit the pause button and say, how about you? Are you living your life for the kingdom? Are you living your life absolutely convinced that Jesus is alive? That his spirit and his power is more than enough to accomplish his purposes in you? And even, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but, but even, man, we're almost unstoppable until our, until our work for the kingdom is done. God, God even rose Paul back up from the dead, right? Because his work was not yet done. How are you doing on that? Would you say you're living your life focused in on this kingdom or on the kingdom of God? Are we spending our lives focused on my strength and your strength or on the strength of the risen Christ? Are we spending our time living for this kingdom in the here and now, in which we want to be safe and secure and get more for us, or are we just um, extravagantly living our lives, giving it all away, saying, God, the only thing that matters is you and your kingdom, and I'm all 
how are you living your life? Do you really believe that Jesus is alive? Do you really believe that he is at work? Man, because I'll tell you what, if we do, for those that will step into that, they're like, you know what, okay, I'll step out, God. I'm not fearless yet, but I want to be, right? I, I trust you enough. I believe enough. I'm going to step out and follow you, and, and we'll see him work, and we'll see, right? We'll, we'll have opportunities to proclaim his good news, to see his power, and then sometimes we, we pay the price with the consequences, right? There's persecution that comes in one way or another, and we see him work in amazing ways, and we have a little more confidence next time, and so we step out, we take the next step, and the next step, and the next step, and we start learning and our faith starts growing and we're seeing the kingdom come in power again and again and are you willing to step into that because friends i'll tell you what god has specific plans for you he wants to use you to bring his kingdom it's not just something that happened two thousand years ago it's something that's still happening today the kingdom is coming in power and he moves the kingdom forward through people like you People like me, even no-name people, right? The four daughters, right? <laughs> even people that, that don't, whatever. But God can use anybody, and he will use you if you'll step out. He might prompt you and say, you know what? I want you to go pray for healing for this person over here. You know, I want, I want you to go over there, and I want you to share with them about Jesus. You know, I want you to take some of the money that you've been working hard for and scrimping and saving, and I want you to give it away for the kingdom or somebody that's in need or whatever right? he, he he who knows right who knows what he'll do he might prompt you to 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 speak or to to start a ministry of some sort he might he might speak and say i want to use you uh, to disciple some other other people around here i, I want to use you in some ways that kind of reaches your co-workers or what he will he's living he's active he's moving and he has plans for you if you'll step into them. He wants to move his kingdom forward. Well, the rest of the book of Acts uh, finally follows Paul's journey from this point forward, his third missionary journey. Again, it, it, it takes him to Jerusalem and eventually to Rome. And what happens? Well, exactly what has been prophesied happens, right? And so he's arrested, right? He is hauled into jail. Uh, he is put in chains and in fact, chained between guards for an era. Uh, for, for an era, at one particular point, he's actually um, he's actually left and almost forgotten about for two years because the ruler in that day was hoping that Paul would try to bribe him, <laughs> but he wouldn't, and so he just stayed locked up day in and day out and day in and day out. And you got to say, well, man, what what would that do? I mean, did he kind of shrink back? Did he get afraid at this point? Is the kingdom of this world marching forward? He's like, oh, man, I'm done. I'm throwing in the Is that what happened? No, in fact, the opposite. We start saying he keeps sharing the gospel. He's proclaiming there's acts of power of the Holy Spirit. He shares with everybody. In fact, he's like, you know what? If I'm locked up here and in chains and, and chained to two other guards, you know what I'm going to do? I got a captive audience, Paul says, right? I'm going to share with them about Jesus. <laughs> and then the next, the next rotation comes in, you know what? I'm going to share with them about Jesus. And anybody that comes to see me, I'm going to share with them about Jesus. I'm going to pray. I'm going to work. I'm going to follow the, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say the things that Jesus said and do the things that Jesus did. And that's what he does again and again and again. Uh, we kind of see this. Um, so he does this in, in uh, Jerusalem. And eventually, after being forgotten for two years, he, he comes before another, and then he, anyway, he eventually appeals to Caesar in Acts 25 and says, you know what, I've had enough. I'm going to Rome. And he ends up going to Rome to witness to the entire Roman Empire. And we can read about what happens in Philippians. I want you to listen to this. This is great. Uh, 
It gives you an idea of the mindset. This is Paul writing from prison, and he says this. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Yes, I bet it has. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and more fearlessly. And he goes on to say this, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed but that I will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So you get what's happening here, right? I mean, Paul is, is in jail. In the first part, he's chained 24-7 later in Rome. Uh, he is actually under house arrest, but he still has a guard that's with him all the time. And uh, he takes advantage of that. So he starts sharing the gospel. He starts sharing about Jesus with these guards. And suddenly these guards start to believe. They start to, they start to become followers of Christ. And so now he's discipling the guards. <laughs> that are, right? I mean, and all of a sudden a church is being raised up. In, in Rome, especially, they gave him uh, opportunity where people could come. Crowds could even gather and he could share the gospel. And so more and more and more and more people begin to believe. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But actually, if you go to the end of Philippians chapter 4, He's, he's greeting the church at Philippi, and he says this, the household of Caesar sends you their greetings. What does that tell you about the kind of influence Paul had? He's even reaching the family of Caesar, right? The emperor in that day. And by the way, the emperor was not a fan of, of Christianity, not a fan of the way. But he's reaching even into the emperor's own family i think that's so cool like this news is spreading other believers are being emboldened because they're like well look paul's arrested and he's still reaching the whole town for christ i mean like if he can do that what can i do in my freedom what can i do with the opportunities that god has given me and so then they start the other regular men and women they start going out and sharing jesus with people pointing they start doing the things that jesus did and saying the things that jesus said and more and more and more people come to know Jesus, and a church is raised up in the city of Rome, and eventually that will be dispersed throughout the entire Roman Empire. Amazing, amazing kind of stuff. Was Paul shrinking back? Was he afraid? Was he intimidated? Are, are you kidding me? He's like, you don't understand. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's, which one's better? He's like, I'd love, to, I'd love to go and be with Jesus and stand face to face before him. I've been living my life for him and for his kingdom, and I am longing and yearning for that day that I can be with him forever. But if it's better for his kingdom, if it's better for his plan that I stay here, and I let more and more and more people know about Jesus, and I, and I serve, and I love people, and I, I grow, and I help others grow, and I do, invest my life in stuff, that, if, it's, if that's better, then I'll stay and do that. It's a win-win, right, for Paul. What are you going to do to Paul? Right? How are you going to how are you going to stop the kingdom of God from moving forward through people that are absolutely convinced that Jesus is alive and absolutely convinced that the Holy Spirit's power is more than enough that any ordinary person can be used by God mightily? What are you how are you going to stop them? Well, Paul, we don't like you. Uh, we don't like the message you're sharing. If you do that, we're going to stone you to death. You'd be like, yeah, that's been done before. I died, in fact, and they rose, you know, I was raised back to life. 
kind of thing. What are you, you going to do, uh, Paul, if you, don't, if you don't stop starting churches and planting churches and reaching people? We're going to throw you in jail again. Would you please? Because that will give me a perfect opportunity to reach some of the most influential people in the Roman Empire and, and see them come to know Christ. And then the message and the gospel is just going to go gangbusters from there. So if, if you could, that would be awesome. Paul, if you don't quit it, we're going to kill you. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Think he's living for a different kingdom? You think, you think his perspective's just a wee bit different than the 21st century North American perspective? He's all in. He's fearless and he's ready, right? He is, he is fearless. Like, God, whatever you say, I'm all in. Lead me, prompt me. You're going to have to give me your power because I can't do it. But lead me, prompt me, fill me with your power and send me out to be your witness to the ends of the earth. Oh, man, I got more good stories and stuff, but I should probably wrap it up. Here's the thing. I know, I know, I know. Here's the, here's the thing. We could keep going forever. Ten chapters, right? I, we, we're scratching the surface. But, man, oh, the, the picture that I see all over the place is a picture of how you and I are meant to live, right? We are meant to live our lives full on for the kingdom, filled with power, clothed even with power from on high, the Holy Spirit who Christ gives to any person that opens up their heart and life to him. He fills us, fills us with his spirit. He comes and takes up residence, and he sends us out to be used, to, to be his witnesses, to do the things that Jesus did and to say the things that Jesus said, helping other people come to, come to find and experience and know the love and the life of Christ and the kingdom of God that he died and rose again to bring. And friends, you and I are invited into that kingdom, not just to live as passive, right, people, not just sit down and be like, oh, more, 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 it's just all about me, give me what I want, not like that, but as active participants to bring his kingdom. God, may your kingdom come, may your will be done in my life, in my business, in my job, in my family, in my neighborhood, wherever I go, whatever I do, may it be for you and to see your kingdom and your plans move forward. God, lead me, open up my ears to hear the promptings of your spirit. Fill me with your power and use me to bring your kingdom here. Would you be willing to do that? We are coming to an end of the series, but, but if that's an end to the Holy Spirit's work in our church or in our lives, then what the heck are we doing, right? This cannot be. This cannot, this, is, this cannot be the end. This is the beginning. I told you at the beginning of the series, I'm going to tell you again. Acts chapter 28. Okay, I will read that. Let me go to that last verse, if you can. It's uh, verses 30 through 31. Yeah, there's some more. <laughs> I don't have time for that. Keep going. Next one. Uh, this is it. So this is, this is the way the book of Acts ends. Acts chapter 28, verses 30 through 31 says, For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house. It's, it's, he's in kind of house jail, right? But he, he stayed there uh, for two whole years. And, and, um, and uh, where is it? Yeah, rented, rented the house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and he taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all bold, boldness and without hindrance. It's one of those things that, like, you get to the end of it, you're like, okay, well, that's, that's good. And you kinda, I, if you're like me, I kind of flip the page and say, okay, what, what's in the next chapter? What's, what, what's going on next? And, and scholars are in almost a total agreement that it ends so abruptly on purpose, 
because uh, according to these scholars, and I think this is true, because the book of Acts is still being written. It's about the expansion of the gospel. It's about the mission of Jesus moving forward, which won't be completed until he returns. And he's coming back, right? And so he is still calling people to himself. His word is still going out throughout the region, throughout the land. His plans are still moving forward. He's still using ordinary Christ followers like you and me to take his gospel to the ends of the earth, to do the things that Jesus did and to say the things that Jesus said. He's still using you to bring his kingdom in powerful ways. And I just have to say, I mean, part of that is inspiring, right? It's like we're living in the book of Acts still. What if the next chapter, Acts chapter, I don't know, 123 or whatever chapter we'd be in, what if that chapter is about you? What if that chapter is about you and the way the Holy Spirit's going to fill you and use you to bring the gospel to your campus or to your workplace or to your neighborhood or maybe just to one family around you that God cares about? Maybe to open up the door so a person of peace, somebody that has influence with a a whole different group of people in this region can come to know Christ and whose eternities and lineage and everything can be transferred. What if he wants to use you? Because he does. So if you're willing, why don't you stand up? We're going to close in prayer. Why don't you stand up? I want you, if you're willing, just to put your hands out like this, right? Just hands out like in surrender before you. And just kind of, we're going to just ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us and lead us and use us to bring his kingdom. Let's pray together. Father, that's our cry. I pray this morning, God, that you would light a fire underneath each one of us. That you would fill us with power from on high. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit this morning, God. And send us out from here to be used by you filled with your spirit to bring your kingdom to Peoria and East Peoria and Bartonville and Pekin and to the ends of the earth. God, we come and just open up our hands and hearts and say, God, use us as we leave from this place today. Use us. Would you speak? Would you direct? Give us courage and boldness to follow where you lead. And may we always be ready. God, we love you. We need you. We lift uh, ourselves up. We lift all these things up to you now. In Jesus' name, we pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in our lives as it is in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, this is the time we typically would receive our, our tithes and offerings.